MaskLab is a hub for multimodal and digital scholarship that explores the relationship between media and our changing society. We support, curate, and create media intended to spark dialogue and social change, and the development of pedagogy that uses media to foster civic engagement. MathLab is located in the Communication, Media, and Learning Technology Design Program at Teachers College, Columbia University. I am here sitting with Professor Aaron Riley, who is the Director of the Engineering and Design Lab at Greenwich Academy in Connecticut. She's an educator herself and an educator of educators, a facilitator of a studio course in creative technologies at Teachers College, Columbia University's Makerspace, and author of The Art of Digital Fabrication, STEAM Projects for the Makerspace and Art Studio, which are only a few of her many accomplishments. I want our listeners to know that we are currently in the Teachers College Columbia University Makerspace, which is like many other makerspaces that promotes critical 21st century hands-on and thinking skills that can be utilized to foster innovation. Students can mobilize any static reservoir of creativity and transform feelings and ideas into physical and digital creations. The core of any makerspace's philosophy is to create from nothing by learning and utilizing various equipment and tools, such as 3D printers, computer programming, digital embroidery, Legos, and micro bits, which are only a few of many examples. The trajectory and concepts of students' projects are fueled by experimental discovery through a partnership of internal self and external world exploration. Learners can manifest feelings and thoughts about the world and reflect that insight into their creations to carry meaning, extending beyond the makerspace and into the larger public sphere. This can take the form of art shows, websites, or social media displaying and sharing their work. So I want to thank you for joining me, Erin. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you. So Erin, in as many words as you see fit, can you tell us about your makerspace at Greenwich Academy? Yeah, absolutely. So we are now in our seventh year, um, and I feel like we're, we're really in that spot where we're established and we're, we're deeply entrenched in, into our school community. We um, developed our lab. It was a joint effort between our um, STEM programming and our art department. So it really did come out of this, um, this interdisciplinary space. And um, it was also truly driven by the community and the school itself, because at our, our school, we had a lot of teachers who were doing a lot of maker activities in their classrooms. And what was happening naturally in our in our school classrooms was a natural fit for a space. So uh, it came, it grew naturally out of that work. And we were really fortunate um, the spring before we opened, we were given um, a gift from our, our parents' board of digital fabrication machines. So we built a lab over the summer. The, the year that followed, we didn't have somebody on staff who could run the makerspace. So 
what we ended up doing is we had a whole team of faculty who acted as faculty partners with other faculty. And there was a really, the, the wonderful result of that is we, we had a whole team of people that became trained and, and were doing this work together and working with teachers in, in all divisions and across disciplines. So I think that was a great way to, to launch our makerspace because it, it started out a very, very much a, a communal effort. And there was a lot of excitement around that work. And then in year two, I became the official director of that space. And we continued with that model of doing integrated projects and I continued to be a faculty partner and then from there we built courses and we built programming and by year three we had a pretty comprehensive program across grade levels and had full access in a K-12 environment for our students. So it sounds like it came from the makerspace mindset of coming from nothing and then through a vision and collaboration, the makerspace came to be. And I believe your background is in art and design. Mm -hmm. How does someone from that background traject their career into being the the director of the makerspace? Artists can bring to that is a, a, a understanding of the material world and how, how to use the physical materials we would have in a, say, a digital fabrication space, and how to also navigate open-ended prompts and open-ended problems. And I think that that's, uh, that's very much embedded in artist process, and that serves makerspaces very well. But I do, I think that we can all be, be in makerspaces and doing this work, regardless of what our background background is it's it's if you come with like you say that maker mindset you you learn you learn the different tools and you learn the different processes and then that becomes part of your work I believe a makerspace sounds like it's a space that truly is an example of steam so you have all of these different disciplines coming together and on that note as someone who has worked in makerspaces, in what ways have you seen students come into the makerspace and how have you seen them develop their skill set? Well, I think um, that's a really, really interesting question because I think students need different things. And one of the one of the wonderful things about makerspaces is they do allow room for students to enter at any point and to develop at their own at their own speed and at their own pace. And what I think is also really interesting about makerspaces is they oftentimes will offer a different lens on student work that that might look different from what you would see in a conventional classroom. So students who maybe are a little more comfortable with ambiguity and a little more comfortable working in ways that are not as linear or working in in ways that are self-directed, those students can really thrive in, in a makerspace. 
And even if they don't, even if they come finding that an uncomfortable process, one of the things that's so amazing to witness as a, as a teacher and, and a facilitator in a space like this is that the process rewards students. So as they push through problems, as they do this really hard work, what as they're, they're tackling these really tough things, they're, it's building confidence and it's rewarding that process. So while they come in maybe, while some students might come in sort of uncomfortable with, with not knowing the answer, when they figure, figure things out, it's super rewarding for them. And that perpetuates a learning, like growth. And it's, it's super exciting to see. And as a student of yours, I completely agree with that. I have a background in media and technology. So coming into your creative technology studio, I have explored and I've experimented and discovered different ways to use technology and stretch its affordances. We recently used a vinyl cutter here. Uh, it was the Roland, I believe. And we used it with Adobe Illustrator to create our designs to then push to the final cutter. And I decided to create this design that was celebrating transgender awareness and um, the unfortunate losses that we had in 2018. So I decided to create this design and cut out the names and the designs and then put it on a t-shirt to wear in public space. So for me as a student, I think that you can use makerspace creativity and you can bring out a social message to carry into the world, as well as grow while you're here. So I know you're working on an art show called Not This Again, which explores uh, sustainability and that social issue of climate change. So can you tell me a little bit more about that work that you're doing and how that relates to social change and impact? One thing I've noticed in recent years is that more and more students are expressing their their concern about the environment. And I feel like as a teacher, part of my job and responsibility is to give them not only a place to to express their voice, but also give them a vehicle for action. So in our space, we're dealing with the material world. We have, we use a lot of materials. And one of the things that we've been examining is how, what are the best practices around material management, material workflow, what comes in our lab and what leaves our lab. And so we're really looking at that on a sort of larger level as kind of a responsibility to our environment. Um, and we and as we're working through these these processes, we're developing large collections of of waste material and scraps. And so many of these scraps are absolutely beautiful. So my colleague and I, who teach this course, this creative technologies course at our school, it's a high school course. Um, we thought it would be really interesting to dedicate an entire class to that. Examine, examining waste, examining the cast-offs from the processes that we use. So um, this entire semester is dedicated 
to that examination, and it's going to culminate into a uh, exhibit in our gallery. We have a gallery on site in our Performing Arts Center, so we've booked January and February for this show. So it's been such a blast, and our students are loving this process right now. Um, in fact, we just did our inventory today because we're halfway through the semester, and we've created at this point I think probably a dozen artifacts and all of these artifacts are based on prompts that we've thrown their way to kind of get their creativity going and things like we had them make an addition of eight so they had to make eight objects of the same thing but using trash we also found this low VOC non-toxic resin. So they had to pick a special piece of scrap or trash and embed it in resin. So we've been, you know, making these artifacts. We, we had them make a piece and create a story around it as a fake artist. And so, so these prompts are, are fun. They're, they're whimsical and they're really meant to kind of expand the creative process, much like you would do in a normal art class. You know, what are some, what are some ways you can stretch the materials and stretch your thinking around, around an idea? So now we're in the phase where the students will start thinking about the, the show itself. We, we have a trip, a field trip planned in a couple of weeks. We're going to be going to the Yale University Art Gallery, and we'll be talking with their curators about artifacts that have been made from from castaways and scraps, as well as visiting their their West Campus, which is where they have their visible storage. So we'll be talking with the curators there about exhibition design and and storage. We today in in our class we took over a display case in our middle school for our own visible storage. So we're kind of going through this whole process of making art, creating an exhibit, doing all the graphic design and exhibition design around it, making the the uh, the flyers and, and all the, the advertisement around it, merchandise. We're going to have a gift shop. And so we're really excited. It's a, it's a fun way to examine trash and think about different ways of using materials. So stay tuned. <laughs> we're going to document this really well. So um, hopefully this is something we can share out with the world too. I think it's wonderful that your makerspace um, engages in sustainability practice and makes that visible for the viewers outside of the makerspace. So I know that you are an educator of educators and you can work with faculty, uh, teachers, and you can spread ideas, resources, and tools. How can the 21st century ideas of the makerspace mindset of discovery and exploration be transferred into other facets of the school and into students' lives? The process that happens in a makerspace teaches um, a way of learning that I think is just natural. I think it's kind of, it's how we all learn in life. We, we go out into the world, we encounter things, we encounter problems, and we figure out solutions. And I think that we 
by having that as part of what we do in school, it we're we're doing that naturally anyways, and we should be doing that and be giving students that that tool set. So it to me, like the work that happens in a makerspace is not anything new. It's it's what we've done in in shop classes and in art studios and in in our in our personal workspaces in our in our in our lives so to me it's just a natural extension of of how people learn and we have maybe different tools in a modern maker space we have you know computers that we can embed in the objects that we make and we have we might have digital tools that we didn't have 20 years ago but it's a lot of the same sorts of things that we we've done in school in the past um, working with our hands and understanding our world through through exploration so I think that the more that we can do that in a makerspace but also outside of the makerspace so doing it with projects that can extend out to other to other corners of your school whether it be through different disciplines outside of a makerspace curriculum um, you know your uh, your humanities and your stem programs and and just embedding some of some of that hands-on work into what you you know what you're doing across all disciplines I think is is would be highly impactful your course has actually inspired me in my personal life. Um, it expanded my mindset on the possibilities of exploring what you can do. Um, and it's actually made me okay with making mistakes as well and experimenting with what happens when there is a mistake and how to improve from there and just test the materials essentially and the equipment. I just um, really enjoy the mindset of being comfortable to experiment, make those mistakes, learn, grow, um, see what happens, take the plunge. And because I respect you so much in what you do, um, and you've touched upon a lot of what you've accomplished, I'd like to hear you describe what uh, being a maker educator means to you. Well, it means the world to me. I, it's the most incredible. It's the most incredible. Um, job one could have in my opinion I can't imagine myself doing anything else um to be able to share in the the joy and also the frustration of working through problems with 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 people um and seeing those 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 breakthroughs and see that growth over time is incredibly satisfying. It's incredible work to do. And also just to see the confidence that's built out of that work and the community that's built. You know, one thing I love so much about teaching um, in this field is you get to work with students and see them at different levels and watch them grow as people, but also watch them grow together and see the communities that are built in your classroom. To me, that is incredibly satisfying and exciting. And then to see where they take those, those 
ideas and those skills outside of your classroom, out into the world. And, you know, I teach, I teach young students to high school um, at, at Greenwich Academy. So I also get to see my students go off out of school and come back and hear their stories and hear what they've done. And that's incredibly satisfying and exciting. And um, I'm just, I feel incredibly fortunate to be able to do what I do. So have you ever experienced any students incorporating any social change or impact from the world around them into any specific projects? Well, I'm seeing it in my engineering and design too right now. We this this class also has the theme of sustainability and right now it's within the context of our class, but I've been so blown away by the autonomy these students have shown and how I've been able to kind of step back in the process and they are really taking the lead on this effort. Um, To give you an example, one of the projects we're doing right now is they're they're creating a better system for composting up in our dining hall. And right now the the composting is, it's, it's not seamless, I'll just say that. And they've been able to not only, they're designing different signage and they're they're looking they're analyzing their the the receptacles themselves and coming up with solutions for different ways to label things they're doing table uh, table signage but in addition to that they made suggestions I have a group who's working on space design um, who's thinking about the entire space and how things are laid out I also have a team that's working on on educating the community. And like this one student, that was her idea. And she went on over to the middle school um, uh, assistant or the the assistant um, head of the middle school and asked what the calendar was and to see if she could get an assembly time to talk to the community. And then did the same thing with the high school. So here are these students who are taking these steps, these steps that are beyond like what we're doing in our classroom to educate the entire community. So I'm really excited about this project because they've made it bigger and more impactful than you know what the original um, idea was. Thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts about the episode or questions you'd like to ask about makerspaces, give us a follow and tweet us at MaskLab. This episode was produced and edited by me, Thomas Sengraff, in collaboration with Ajane Trust as members of MaskLab Teachers College, Columbia University. Our theme music is Grandma's Impala by Sarah the Instrumentalist, available at YouTube's No Copyright Music channel. Visit our website, masklab.org, to listen to our podcast series, read blog posts, Find out about our events and follow our research.